Are you recording? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, fantastic. That's always a good place to start. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Erie here. Welcome to the Voxology Podcast alongside Tim Stafford. We are delighted to be um, coming through your earbuds, earpods, uh, speakers, car system. We're just thrilled to death to be a sounds, part of whatever it is going on in your life. When you put it that way. What? Sounds weird when you put it that way, that we're just talking we're just, into people's earbuds. That's right. We're, I don't really ever think about it that way. Yeah, I know. But we have great voices. We have very soothing voices. I mean, we are to podcasting what Adele is to singing. <laughs> just very, very high quality vocals. That's right. So anyway, hello, everybody. We're glad that you are uh, tuning in today. We've got a couple of things. Number one... I want to thank Tom. It was a week unlike any other week. No one was really signing up. No one showed up as a... No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody loves us. I know. I, was, I don't know where I was going with that. All right. So let me pick that up. So, <laughs> so it was late in the week this week, guys. And um, a gentleman named Tom... I got a notification that Tom had joined the Patreon community. He looked around and saw that no one had yet joined this week and said, not today, Satan. And he stepped up. And so, Tom, thank you. The singular Tom. Tom from, uh, wasn't that the MySpace guy? Wasn't yes. Tom? He's been my friend for years. <laughs> <laughs> just that casual over-the-shoulder glance that he had. Oh. Man, we've just lost a bunch of uh, Gen Zers right there. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're delighted. Thank you, Tom. If you want to join uh, the Patreon community, uh, we have a thriving community, and we are so grateful for any support. We are crowdfunded 501c3, and you can go to patreon.com and um, look up Voxology Podcast. And then we need your emails. We need emails in and order to send. We, where should we get those emails? Surveys. Michael? Go right now. Pull over. Stop <laughs> exercising. Keep your earbuds um, in. Keep your earbuds in. Fire I'll put some up elevator your music right here. Go to voxologypodcast.com and at the at, and at the lower the lower uh, you know spot of that page. There is a place for email addresses. We're not, we're not interested in spamming you. We're interested in surveying you. And there's nothing, we know that there's nothing more interesting to people than being surveyed. That's right. And so this is for you and uh, for your own good. So please do that. Today, we've got, we got a couple requests to um, talk about something we were intending on talking about anyway, but grateful that great minds are out there in alignment. <laughs> we had a gentleman by the name of Joshua Ryan Butler early on in our Bible series come on and talk about some of the harder bits of the Bible, Old Testament violence, for instance, and the commands to genocide and those sorts of things. Um, but he wrote an article, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was last week. November when we were recording 9th. this. November 9th. There you go. Uh, 10 days ago. So last week it, it is. That's Yes. That was called the four causes of deconstruction. Yeah. And deconstruction is something that we talk a lot about. 
here on the old podcast. And so we opened that. We clicked upon that. Right with, here on the old podcast. We clicked upon that with great anticipation and um, and read an article that, that was a, a bit, it received, let's just say, a very mixed reception out in the uh, Twitter blogosphere. And um, so we'd love to talk about it because... I don't know how helpful it was to people who are deconstructing, but if if the measure of success is did it get a bunch of conversation started, then yes. Isn't that interesting is, that this is the only time in history, and I'm sure it'll it's only going to continue down this path, obviously, but that you can put something out and have immediate like, yeah, people from their homes on their phones interaction and reaction to something that you wrote. That's never been a thing. No, like you just write, you put your words out there and you assume whatever. Yeah. But it's now, amazing and horrifying. Yes. <laughs> People used to have fan mail, you know, they would dump like big buckets of mail, literal we mail. Get fan mail. Now it's like a PO box. Yeah. Now it's, now it's absolutely snail mail. Um, focus, Timothy, we're going to deconstruct Sorry. some deconstruction instruction. Yeah. Um, so, so first thing we're going to be we're going to be critical. We're going to critique, do some critiquing here. So, so I want to say a couple of things. Number one, I am proud of Joshua. He is an acquaintance, but I have I have regard for him. Um, I've enjoyed some of his work. Skeletons in God's Closet is a book I've recommended before. Our interview with him was great. Um, he strikes me as someone who's sincerely wanting to be helpful. And he engaged, you know, he's he's um, responded to some critiques. He's referenced articles that either are more nuanced or have, have been slightly critical and complimented the writers. I mean, so, so he's engaging incredibly well. He went on another podcast right away that was uh, critical of his article. And so, you know, there's loads of common ground there. But so I'm not going to focus on the parts that... Um, we would agree on because th that would be a lot and that would be boring. Uh, what we're gonna what we're gonna focus on, and and I think this was the gift of the article is oh well is this right? He identifies he sets out to say that um, that deconstruction is a symptom uh, and it's not the cause, and that deconstruction is a false cure um, to what ails us. So, so it's, two, it's two things. Number one, the issue it really isn't even deconstruction. It's deeper than that. There are four other causes that he identifies. But then secondly, um, to the causes, deconstruction isn't even helpful to those. It's a false cure. So, um, and, and, and I realize this is an 800 word or 1800 word article. He even says that in one of his responses this is a, you know, this is an 1800 word article. Can't respond to everything or put everything in it. True. But then don't be surprised when the critiques come in that say, Hey, this happens to be really oversimplified. Um, so I've got Timothy, I've got thoughts and I know you have thoughts. I want to begin with thoughts by identifying the four causes. That's a good place to start. All right, and we'll and 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 we're going to take some time to kind of respond to these in a little bit because I want to talk about the overarching sort of message of the of the article. But first cause is the church hurt. 
Mm-hmm. And instead of deconstructing, he recommends grief and lament. Yeah. The second cause is poor teaching. And uh, as a, you know, a, the cure then is good teaching. Um, the third cause is desire to sin. And um, the remedy to that is confession and repentance. And then the last cause is street cred. That, and I think he means by that that like doubting and skepticism and deconstructing are kind of hip now in some circles. And, um, and you can build platforms off of that. And his recommendation is to crucify your public image hmm. uh, instead of uh, deconstructing. So, um, so those are the causes. And so I, I want to start before we get into those and, and before Tim and I sort of respond to each one of those, I want to talk about the article overall. And again, this is with the uh, assumption that uh, Joshua would be in the room with us and he has let us know he's listened to the podcast before. And so we want to be, you know, we want to practice always being super gracious. Um but the, the, first, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the, the motif he uses in the article of diagnosis and cure. Um, so he literally, the, the diagnosis is church hurt. The cure is grief and lament. The diagnosis, poor teaching. The cure, good teaching. Um, on, uh, you know, and so on. And then, um, you know, deconstruction is a false cure. I really think that... Um, analogy, it really hurts his cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be like saying to somebody in the middle of a divorce, here are four causes f- of why people get divorced and have those causes be things um, that themselves um, l- most likely represent other symptoms rather than what the actual cause is. I mean, I just, it, it, it don't, I don't think it's super helpful when people who are deconstructing, if the goal is to write this for pastors, and this I think was his goal because he addresses pastors kind of mm. at the end. If he's trying to help pastors help people who are deconstructing, I'm not sure um, as, a, as a deconstructor how helpful some of this is going to sound to me in the middle of it. In the same way, if, somebody's, if, if somebody was receiving me in the middle of a divorce and they just well, we'll hear four causes of divorce right right that's that's not a terribly helpful conversation and i don't think he's saying have the conversation with the deconstructors just know that right. there are lots of motives at play but my my thought was initially um oh my goodness it, this this isn't going to help most people who are deconstructing right. um in the same way it wouldn't help people who are in the midst of a divorce um, pa- pastoral help is going to be something far different than this. And I think he leaves room for that. But this lies into my second big sort of critique. The way this article is going to be used is problematic too. Hmm. Um, because you know he does distinguish between good and bad deconstruction. But in the article, he doesn't talk about what constitutes good or what constitutes bad. Um, so it doesn't help us do that. So people who are legitimately deconstructing can easily be lumped into one of these categories and then delegitimatized or minimized. Yeah. Um, it feels like it can be used to sort of minimize real trauma and it can yeah. be used to sort of minimize the, the deep awfulness of some parts of the church. 
right? I mean, it's almost, and some people have said this, it's almost blaming the victim here. And again, not everyone who deconstructs is a victim, even if they say they are, understood. But there are real victims. And totally. And there isn't a lot of conversation in the article about beyond just church leadership failure, but how the church itself is the problem and how it's conceived. That's the problem. Um, so I think it can be used to, to delegitimize trauma, to minimize feelings of those uh, in deconstruction, reconstruction. I think it, it, it facilitates in our imagination condemning judgments of other people. When we're, I mean, that's isn't that a bit where Jesus calls us not to read into people's motives? Right. Um, it may, it, you know, it may just b- like belittle the real awfulness of the church. And then deconstruction isn't really um, defined well. Do we mean deconversion? Do we mean right. a dark night of the soul? That's a really helpful distinction to start from is I think people all have different um, definitions of what deconstruction yeah. is to them. Yes. So to offer a cure-all, it's like, well, this, right. is, this does mean something drastically different to a lot of people. Yes, it, it very much does. And, um, you know, and I want to spend next episode talking about what we mean mm-hmm. um, about it and what we think about it because it, it kind of does lead to all the things we're doing, whether it's Sermon on the Mount or yes. the Bible series, or we're going to do a Genesis one, two and three series I'm working on. Um, so that's, I, yeah. And I think that that's hard for me too. Cause every, when we isolate a conversation on a topic, mm-hmm. it's hard when what most of what you learn seems to be that all topics are, a circle holding hands you, you like there it's all interconnected you pull on one thread it pulls on another thread mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and often when you isolate something you're not you're not really looking at it from a full picture because you're but i think we do that a lot we isolate right. our vision on things and then we miss the we miss a lot yes i agree and and i think that the the major flaw that i would argue in the article is that church hurt Poor teaching, desire to sin, and street cred are all symptoms. None of those are causes. Mm-hmm. They're just, and so you're you're talking about replacing some bad symptoms with better symptoms. Right. Okay, but I don't think we've dealt with the root cause. The root right. cause, friends, is the absolute corruption of the American church by the principalities and powers of power and consumerism and individualism and nationalism and racism. It is, it is the fact that the church is corrupt. We are corrupted. We have been sold a false bill of goods about gospel, Bible, salvation. All of that is, that is root. Now, well, you somebody, just, that, that one sentence just opened up like six hours of conversation though. Absolutely. That's why we're going to we're that's <laughs> next week we'll talk more. And I love I love for people to agree or disagree. Yeah. But but it's not it's not just the abuses of the church that are causing people to leave it. It's the church itself and the way totally. it's been conceived of. That's the point. Yeah. The the sh- the when you realize the fruit being born from the tree is awful. Yeah. The issue isn't Hey, let's, yeah, let's blame the fruit. The issue is, nope, the tree is rotten. Yeah. And so we got to go all the way back. Now, that doesn't mean every tree, and I don't, you know, I'm not, spe- I'm not talking about everything, but in general. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't think this is in touch with the real people reason are fleeing the, the, the real reason people are yeah. fleeing the church. I have the no doubt people are fleeing the church and then why a younger generation is completely uninterested in the church. Like absolutely. It, it's two sides of a coin. One side's labeled deconstruction. The other one's labeled, I don't know, maybe they the haven't nuns. come up with a word for it yet, but like, yeah. Yeah, totally. It, it's just, um, and, and, and again, I mean, and maybe if Josh were in the room, he'd say, well, yeah, I agree with that too. And here's how, you know, great. And I have no doubt by the way, that we use all sorts of excuses to want to sin and fit in. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, and obviously, there's loads of bad teaching, and bad teaching hurts people, yes. And there's real church hurt, yes. But those don't strike me at all as causes. Yeah. Um, those are further symptoms of the rot in the church, and yes. that has to be dealt with. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a bit of a preview of some of the thinking we'll, we'll get into next week. So, Timothy. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, let's, let's dive into the four, baby. Let's dive in. Number one, church hurt. Church hurt. Uh, Joshua really does acknowledge there is loads of this that, it's le- that is legit. And... Um, you know, and it's caused by leadership failures and church disillusionment. And 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 certainly, he might say back to us, "Well, yeah, you're just you're just I, you're just saying number one in a different way by saying you know um, the issues are that the American church is corrupted." Um, and I'm saying, nope, it's way bigger than church hurt. It's and 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 we'll get to one instance of where I think. Joshua actually assumes the paradigm that deconstructors are actually deconstructing. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not sure that's super helpful. Um, so we agree that there is loads of church hurt. Um, I've contributed. Absolutely true. But he says the, 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 the issue then is not to practice deconstruction, but rather to practice lament. And this is a quote from the article. He says, we're not good at grief. Much of deconstruction exists because it's easier to move on than to be sad. Uh, But the only true and external cure for these deeper wounds is Christ. Now, oh, Tim, Tim took his hat off (laughs) and put his hands through his hair. And that is, that is, non-verbally, that is Tim yelling. (laughs) I'm not... What I think would be helpful, and I don't remember if this is in the article or not, so please um, correct me if I missed it. Does is he defining what deconstruction is according to him in this article? Um, by negation, yes. Because I think um, it's interesting. Like when you when you say you you qualify church hurt, and then you say church hurt is real, but deconstruction is a false cure. Right, uh, identifying deconstruction in that equation is very important for what that yes. means. Yes, and, and I, then, I don't think I don't think we do a good enough. He does a good enough job of defining exactly what he means here. Well, because I think some people are in the process, and I'm using air quotes for all of this. Some people are in the process of deconstruction and don't know it. Other people are in the process like you know just are at the first part of it other people are way through it other people are on the other side of it but there's not like we were handed 
a pamphlet that said, this is what deconstruction is, or you are in the throes of deconstruction, you know, it's, it's right. weird. It's weird to address something that's at this point, very abstract. Well, it, yes. And, and Tim, when, when he says it's, we're not good at grief. Much of deconstruction exists because it's easier to move on than to be sad. I think that 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 is absolutely not true. I think deconstructing is because we can't move on. I, and I'm totally. and absolutely. And one one <clears throat> respondent I thought had a great line. Deconstruction is the lament. It is mm. the expression of grief. For many of us who are very serious about this, and and and, and just for the record, I think deconstruction um, is a very healthy and necessary process for faith. I think that's true. Um, it doesn't always lead to what we pastors would want it to lead to, um, but it's a process everyone has to go through. Um, absolutely. And and another word for it is repentance. It's rethinking my thinking. You know, it's, it's examining my inherited culture and comparing it to what I'm learning in the scriptures. Yeah, um, which so, I think should be like a an annual thing. I think it should be like you do Christmas in December and you deco- do this no in deconstruct June. December. Yeah, I think it should be something like a year of jubilee, but more often that we no. Like, so no shave November, deconstruct <laughs> December. December. Yeah, that ends on Jesus's birth, and you can start over again. Yeah, I remember Every Pete year. Rollins used to have something called atheism for Lent, and so you would take forty days to to act as if God were not real. Yeah. And, and then, Henry Rollins said, I am a liar. If we're going to start quote, <laughs> if we're just going to quote Rollinses to each other, then I've got no more Rollinses at that no. point. I'm out yeah. of Rollinses. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't, like for some, maybe deconstructing is moving on, but this, this is grief. This yes. is hurt. Um, this is not easy and it's not, um, I don't know. It just, that feels, that feels like a false dichotomy. You either sit in it, um, you sit in sadness or you move on. And we're saying, no, no, that this is part of the sadness. Part of the sadness is realizing all these people, not all of them, but some of them that I really looked up to when I was younger. And now you see the fruit of some of their lives. You're just like, well, that's really disappointing. That feels like grief to me. <laughs> yes. So yes, yes, um, I'm grieving, but that grieving includes something. Lament just isn't, boy, this sucks. Lament is right. also protest. Lament yeah. is also very active, right? Lament is calling out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's part of what deconstructing is. So if he just means lament in terms of, well, you know, God, please do something about this. Yes, but that's not all lament is. Yes, and... Do it. Not only that, but it, it, church hurt is much bigger than just leadership failures. Yes. Um, and, and he would acknowledge this, but church hurt comes from the unholy allegiance of the church with partisan politics. I mean, when you've got a church, and I use air quotes, shouting, let's go, Brandon, um, oh, as a part of our unity conversation worship yes. service um and you know 81 percent of quote evangelicals voted for the last president mm-hmm. um and and sort of said this was god's anointed person 
Um, yeah, it's more than just more than just the fact that we have bad some bad apples. It's the syncretism of the American church yes. with militarism, with uh, um, capitalism, with patriarchy. I mean, it's just rotten fruit to the core. This isn't like a symptom. Um, I mean, this is a symptom. This is not a cause. This right. this whole thing is a symptom that something much deeper is wrong. And each of those like four points that you just said are all massive. Massive. Then you have denying abuse yeah. or abusing women in the name of biblical womanhood. Not or listening. acknowledging it, but then sweeping it away and saying it's not as big of a deal as you think it is to right. be abused by this person. Right. You have the outcries against any talk of race. Um, you've got the polarization of mass vaccines, pandemic. You've got the proliferation of conspiracy theories, indifference to immigrants, LGBTQ community, uh, or um, race to minorities, right? It's either indifference or hostility in a lot of places. It's the practice of culture war Christianity. It's being pro-life for everyone, or excuse me, for just a fetus and not for anyone else. It's the theological crisis of having to deal with our white supremacist past and mm -hmm. present and not listening or wanting to listen to voices outside of that space. Um, it's, it's our inability to handle questions well about hell, inspiration, evolution, sex, women, uh, race, right? It's not giving people permission to doubt, to grieve, to lament. Um, it's the damage of purity culture and fixation on sexuality that came from purity culture and our unwillingness to have and hold space for people who are not in the traditional place. See, those are that right there is a great example for what you're saying, the purity culture, because the deconstruction of that ideology or that belief system, you have to be super active with it. Yeah. Like you cannot just lament uh, my, my understanding of sexual, my sexual identity or whatever is, is messed up period. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just enough to say, hey, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. I, I'm my under my sexual sexual ethic or my understanding of sex in my marriage is messed up. Yeah. Because of a lot of this upbringing. And then if I don't address it, if I just let it sit idle. Yeah. It poisons the well. And maybe Josh, this is what Josh means when he says church hurt. But what he says um, leads me to think it's he's meaning something more specific. And what mm. I think we want to say is, well, again, that's just operating at more symptom level. Right. And that it's it's not the the abuses in the church that are driving people away. It's the entire witness of the yeah. church, even in its normalcy, that's driving people away. Um, uh, the unwillingness of white male leaders to confess their sin and repent publicly. Boo. Right? Or or the fact that we've replaced seek first the kingdom with seek first the Supreme Court decision um, <laughs> or this culture war victory. Right? I mean, really. I mean, we do. Yeah, yes. That's no, a new, whole new it, hymn. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just that, that there's a leadership failure, although that's, yes, there is a leadership failure. Yeah. It is so much deeper than that. The system right? that's creating leaders now is... Yes, yes, yes. It's the system itself. So church hurt um, is bigger than just grieving and lamenting. Or 
grieving and lamenting is much bigger than what maybe Joshua has in mind here. Yeah. Because I think, I think for a lot of us, deconstructing is an act of repentance and faithfulness to Jesus come, comes from a place of grief and lament. We yeah. can't move on. We'd love to. But there's something about this Jesus fellow that we just can't get over. And yeah. when we look at Jesus and then we look at me and we look at the community, how can we not grieve in ways that then provoke us to act, to protest, to try to build something different? Right? Yes. Amen. That's church hurt. <laughs> Number two. Number two. <laughs> no, I mean, this, this is such great conversation provoker. Yeah. Number two, poor teaching. And he gives the example of Genesis 1. Um, people are, you know, deconstructing because they've given bad, been given bad teaching about Genesis or the atonement or whatever. And, and we would say, yes, totally. absolutely. There is so much bad teaching. Like um, women are somehow not welcome in all levels of church environment or that, that communion should only be closed to those who've examined their uh, hearts and are morally perfect or whatever, things we've talked about all over the place that are, um, yeah, we think, the, we think there's a bunch. And, and again, it's the, the issue isn't, hey guys, we've got it figured out, so here's our thing. The issue <laughs> let's is- Let's just get that out there now. Yeah, we're not, good Lord. <laughs> If you, if you sat around us for any length of time, you'd know. <laughs> but, but I think part of the work of lament is, is looking at something like this and saying, this doesn't fit what's really happening. Yeah. And, um, and I don't, we don't, I mean, everyone knows this about Tim, but I need to be reminded that um, I'm not sitting from some arified space of like, oh, I've got it all solved and figured out, but rather, no, I just, I'm, I'm inhabiting a reality that the, the, this article doesn't fit. It, mm -hmm. It's trying to describe that reality and it just, it's not big enough. And, um, so yes, we, man, we totally agree with good teaching. Um, he says, instead of endless deconstructing, believing in doubt, slipping into skepticism, we need better teaching. Which is interesting because I think better teaching actually helps uh, facilitate people into doubt, skepticism, and uh, deconstruction. Absolutely, right. When you when you look at G, I mean, and when you look at Jesus, and and Josh refers to the practice of Jesus in just a second, but Jesus was deconstructing people all over the place, mm -hmm. all over, and he wouldn't clean it up. He just sort of let it sit there, as far as we know. See, now that's. A whole tangent also that's fascinating <laughs> well you know what i mean like it, it's yeah a, it's a yeah that's a whole thing i mean he that's was super clear yeah. yeah 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 i mean yes 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 um i think I, rob bell there's a there's a heretic we can you know <laughs> i don't know we can uh, i i found when i especially when i was younger very some of his early stuff was incredibly transformational for me but he, um, he had a line that he would say all the time that good teaching provokes conversation. It mm -hmm. starts a conversation, doesn't yeah, end it. Exactly. And that's the that, practice of Jesus. Yeah, that's true so, everywhere. So I'm not sure the only options are, hey, good teaching or believing in doubt, slipping into skepticism, whatever. 
I think there's room in there for what good teaching is unsettling. It's disruptive. It's upsetting. Um, and so I'm not, you know, when, when, when literally the sermon, um, when the Great Commission, that section in Matthew 28 begins with, yeah, and Jesus was on a hillside and the, all the believers were there, but some doubted. Right. I don't think, I, I, I think we're in the realm of like false dichotomy. Yeah. At this point. And the bad teaching stuff too is like, that's still a part of the problem. From yes. The first one. Oh, yes. yes. Hold that thought. Okay. Oh, Timothy, you're so good. <laughs> Um, he says, Josh does, that uh, Jesus is our model for overturning bad human teaching and traditions for the very word of God. He will, you know, walk around and say, uh, you've heard it said, but I tell you. Right. And man, couldn't agree more. That's, that's the heart of what the, our little project here at the Voxology podcast is to, is to like, yeah, we, we've heard it said in our inherited culture. Right. and our traditions but jesus actually says something different so huge huge fans of this yeah but the issue is what is the operating system this is from jeff holesclaw who asked this great question he said what what what's the operating system our understanding of good teaching and bad teaching rests upon right because if good teaching just means doctrinally pure teaching well driscoll did that hmm according to most, or according to the reform crowd, right? Ravi Zacharias did that. Bill Hybels right. did that, right? Is that is that really, are we just talking about doctrinally pure teaching? Because I'm not, I'm not at all. I'm talking about, and, and this is where I think Josh assumes the very system that deconstructors are critiquing. Right. And that's what you were, I think you were headed there. Yeah, the right? systemic what were you issue. Gonna, yeah. What were you gonna say? Well, just that you go. Yeah. I, the, you know, it's, it's what you're doing. So run with it. <laughs> um, if, if by good teaching, we still mean the soul gospel yep. versus the whole gospel. Ooh, Ooh, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> then, then I'm not sure. So I agree with the premise. Yeah. Good teaching helps. But yes. it's good teaching embodied in a community. It's mm -hmm. good teaching embodied in healthy leadership. It's good teaching that doesn't focus solely on doctrine. It's yep. good teaching that recognizes that justice is a part of the gospel. It's good teaching that the gospel is more than just salvation from our sins. It's good teaching that isn't anti intellectual or anti-science. It's good teaching that has to do with forming a community into a way of life. And it's, it's good teaching that is way beyond self-help and empty consumerism. Yeah, that's right? the whole quote right there. That's what I'm going to use for our social media is what you just did. Whoa. If that's what we mean by good teaching, in. Yeah. If what we mean by good teaching is just more of 50 years of what we've had, well, that's part of the reason for the church failure. See, exactly. what, <laughs> what, what I think Josh is identifying, and this is the irony, is these aren't causes for why people are deconstructing. These are symptoms of why the church is bad. Yes. It's so full of poor teaching. It's so full of church hurt. The church itself is so full of the desire to sin, and the church is so interested in street cred. Yeah, the, yeah this is not about deconstruction. No! This is about the problems of the church. Yeah. And instead of 
us lamenting, the church needs to lament. Instead of us apologizing and um, confessing, the church needs to apologize and confess. Now, I'm not minimizing the fact that that there are very mixed motives in all of this, right? There is a self-righteousness and a fundamentalism that can come from the deconstructors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just because you're doubting doesn't mean you're right. No, Got think it. About, like, the, it. I keep coming back to this because I feel like the messiness of us, of humanity, and how we do this, exactly what you just said, like, we do it wrong on the wrong side and we will often do it wrong on the right side. Like yes. we're just we're just a broke we're broken in that way, but that has to be part of the puzzle. Right. This brokenness has to be otherwise why would he not have just sent like all right, this angel is going to be the pastor of your church, this angel is going to be the pastor of your church. I'm going to put people who really understand this stuff at the head so you can really get it. Right. Sorting through all this crap seems to be a really it seems to be a really key component right. of all this. I think everything would be much clearer. But the deconstruction is part of like, you have to revisit and resort through this because mm-hmm. it's like the repentance. Like you just said, like we have to repent. Like we joked last episode, I have to repent daily, multiple times a day to reposture myself. How is this any different? Right, right. So we're, we're still operating at the individual level. Right. And not the corporate level. Right. And again, this is how the article can be used. The issue is all those darn deconstructors. The issue isn't the fault of the church. Right. And um, man, when I see people falling away, um, there are times those people who are specifically enemies of the faith get named by Paul. But, you know, it's very often the church that's the problem. And the Mm -hmm. church is the audience that's being addressed in correction. Right. So anyway, um, good teaching, fans, absolutely. <laughs> but it's a but lot bigger it. than 30-minute sermon, you know, hermeneutically sealed and tight, exegesis. Although fans, big fans of that. Well, plus two, with good teaching or just information, like I, I was talking to my wife about how um, uh, Jesus and John Wayne, how that book has come up in a lot of different articles that I've been reading on different topics, like not just about like Mm -hmm. evangelical, um, uh, I'm blanking on the term American evangelical ties, but on like her writing has come up as profound in different conversations. Yes. Jesus and John Wayne, Kristen Dumay. Yes. And so it's like, she, what, what she did in that book is she enlightened a lot of people to like actual systemic root issues that are going on. And it's, you know, for the younger generation or people in their twenties and thirties, it's been like a, it's been a catalyst to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And you know, that's just part of, we are in a great unveiling time period where a lot of, (laughs) to quote Lebowski, you know, a lot of shit has come to light and (laughs) and some new shit has come to light. And that's like, but it's, that's good that people are becoming aware of, these problems yeah that's good it is a good thing but this is there there there's gonna be toiling and like questioning and ripping down and you know all that kind of stuff and 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 i think we could argue it's the gospel itself it's the movement of the kingdom it's jesus that's behind all of the things coming to light as he was in his time correct 
Well said, Timothy. <laughs> All right, we got two more. Lebowski and Jesus. You're quoting Henry Rollins and Lebowski today. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing, you're, br- you're bringing your A game, Stafford. <laughs> bringing the 90s in. So let's talk about desire to sin. All right. Um, so he says um, the third cause for destruction. Um, destruction? Deconstruction. Well, deconstruction. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe that was Freudian. <laughs> Is that some deconstruct out of his uh, desire to justify their sin. Um, Butler notes how often intellectual deconstruction coincides with personal sin and argues that, you know, people ask why God has left them when in reality it's they who have left and walked away from God. And, and I have no doubt that so, that sometimes that's true. Yeah. I, I've constructed in order to sin. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have no doubt that some of that is true. No, yep. no question. The issue is so what, and and not only so what, but um, it's still focused on the idea that the goal of the Christian life is not to sin. Mm. So it's still assuming the the system we're calling into question, right? Because if we're going to identify um, desire to sin, to have my individual sins, and then I'm going to build a theology around that, look at the operating system that is still assumed. Yeah, in the cure, right? Confession and repenting of your individual sins, and we just want to say, well, I have no doubt that we do all manner of things to justify sin. Um, but the goal of the Christian life isn't to manage sin or to remove sin. The goal is union with Christ and inhabiting new creation space in the community called the church. And as you do that. The power of sin as a power, as a literal power in the world, yeah. is indeed broken by Jesus, but we walk and inhabit, you know, part of, uh, uh, inhabit practices of newness that take, you know, forever to sort of get into place. And um, I could just as easily to, to say that, well, a lot of people deconstruct to, in order to be more faithful mm-hmm. to Christ. Absolutely. But I think the big critique I would have is the issue isn't individual sin. The issue is how sin is handled in the church. Mm-hmm. That, that, that again, it's, it's this same old conversation we've been having for years now, that individual sin is not the point of the Bible. And it's not the point of the work of Jesus. It, it results in changing behavior, yes. but that's like way down the line. So no doubt... That there, that there are many of us who justify all manner of things in our thinking. No question. All day, uh, every day. Yes. And I have no doubt that affairs and divorces and totally. all sorts of things. Yes. No question. But I don't think the answer then is confession and repentance from the person. I think the answer is how the church handles people when they sin. Hmm. Because right now, you you got to flee, right? So I have two very good friends very good friends who each um, confessed to things that we would all probably agree are not new creation ways of living. Yeah. And were met, in one case, summarily fired, no process. Right. In another case, subject to a church discipline process that felt incredibly dehumanizing felt very, very not honoring and led and, and really did not leave much room. I mean, as he and I talked about it, 
it just guaranteed he'd never be honest again in that church setting. Right? So, so to me, the issue around deconstructing and sin isn't, do people justify sin by deconstructing? The issue is, how does the church receive real sinners who are sinning in real-time, big-time ways? Yeah. And the answer is, well, we don't. We either, we're too big, so we don't ask, don't tell. Or if we're too small, <laughs> everyone's in everyone's business, and now we're just full of judgments, and yeah. we divide. Or... We, we sort of practice a, a Pharisee sin scale where yes. um, certain sexual sins are tolerated and other sexual sins are not. Yeah. And, and the fact that even sin usually refers to sexual sin is such a perversion itself yeah. of what the word means in the New Testament. Even genitals. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yeah, did we say that? Or? I don't know. I, I, well... Then I'm reacting to it. <laughs> I'm reacting to it again I'm as if that it was a Gombus term. We're the first time. Um, I I think, and we did this in depth. You did a great great job that I'm still wrestling through in the new creation series with defining what sin it is. Yes, I think that we don't under. I, I think by and large the church has no idea what sin is and how to address it. And we've come up with this kind of like boogeyman version of it that yeah has just plagued absolutely the church for its personal moral transgression usually yes. defined not by the bible but by the subculture yeah so that's that again as a systemic uh-huh. issue that's part of bad teaching which is part of church hurt which is part of a rotten whole fruit. thing yeah rotten roots so um, so yes please hear us and i am I'm a i'm a personally a big affirmer of the fact that there is individual sin. Like, yeah. absolutely. But the Bible isn't operating on that level as much as we think it is. And we've made that the point of what salvation is, and I don't think that's the point of what salvation is. Well, I think what was really helpful for me is was defining, like, you know, and I'll try to find which episode it is and put it in the show notes, but like the getting caught in those cycles. And yes. Yes. And missing the mark and that kind of language that was helpful for me in understanding what does this idea of sin look like? Because the shame-based version of it is exactly why we have this conversation. Yeah. Like you, you, the, why, why would you not choose a desire to sin if you're so afraid of having a conversation about it in the first place? Like, yeah, it's just not the whole model's off. Yep. Yep. Again, we're assuming the thing that was being critiqued or being deconstructed. So, yes, I, yeah. All that is to say, there's much of this. We're like, sure, and and but we think there's like just a, a miss for what really is happening. the The last statement or cause is street cred, and what he means by this is that, and this is a quote: the "Doubt is hip." The desire to fit in with the cultural ethos of our moment is strong. No doubt that is true. That is why so many deconversion stories sound like everyone else, sound like everyone's reading off the same script. It's well-worn cliches signaling conformity to accepted norms. Celebrities are leading the charge. There's influence to be had, platforms to be built, and money to be made. Is that true? Sure. There was a very famous deconstructed person who offered a class on helping others 
deconstruct for almost $300. <laughs> That's right. So, yes. It was yes. And, and And I think there is, at least in my heart, and, and I, I'm, I'm projecting, but I think there is, it's like when you're, so I've been married 21 years. When you sit at a wedding and you watch the bride and the groom have no effing clue what they're about to get into and and they and they just are so naive as we all were about how easy this is going to be and how perfect this is going to and you just know from that space there is a cynicism that is dark and unholy that can come in communities that are doubting and skeptical towards yeah. people who are simply enjoying the newness of the reality they're beginning to inhabit. And so Gombas always talks about developing a critical mind without a critical spirit. And I think that's a, a very shorthand way of something deeply profound, right? Jesus does not want us to sit in self-righteousness from any perspective, judging one another's uh, journeys with him. So is street cred, is that a dynamic that is up and running in certain deconstructing circles? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there are things that I, I have said in the past where I would totally cringe, uh, to say them now. We, (laughs) we, we had an example from social media of a guy giving kind of like a, how, you know, how amazing is Jesus's sacrifice for us? And it was like, no, like, and Tim, Tim spoke for both of us when he said, we've probably given talks like this. Yes. (laughs) And and that, that so that space can very easily be a space that does press a conformity into its own that does press a self-righteousness and and certainly there is money to be made influence to be had but that was true in Paul's day too with yeah. the false gospel of Jesus right i mean that okay that's nothing new that's always been the case and there's also street cred to not deconstruct yeah, say, you can have it's um, platform buildings everywhere yeah well i mean i've been uninvited because i i had questions about hell i was uninvited from a major organization i'd done a lot of work with um i've had people tell friends of mine yep mike used to be you know a really jesus loving bible loving guy but now he's sort of off into whatever and okay that that does have effects you know, oh, it's not sure. just that there's money. There's money to be made in writing articles that say, here are four reasons people deconstruct. Right. So this does not just apply to people who are deconstructing. So again, it's yes, but to me, it's a reflection. That itself is a symptom of the deeper problem of the churches uh, being enamored with street cred. You know, the church has to be hippie, uncool, relevant, whatever. So, Timothy... I think this one also has to do with, and I may be totally wrong with this, but I think this also has to do with not having as much open dialogue within the church so that the things that people are fleeing to or, or creating platforms out of often it's because they're not, they don't have a place to have that conversation within the church. Yep. And we've talked about that often with like the separation between a pastor and the congregation, like just this. Mm-hmm. huge hierarchy that's created really big uh, like chasms between people 
And yep. you just can't have some of these conversations. Like if someone is questioning or, or hurting or deconstructing and they don't feel like they can have that conversation with people in the church walls, yeah, they'll probably go and have it somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. And that's even yeah. if it is for street cred or for however you want to define that term, you know, right. Right. it'd be much more helpful if that was in a community of people that were having those conversations together. Yes. Ooh. So Josh, if you end up listening to this, you're a good man. Thank you for being receptive to critique. Um, very grateful for that. You're always welcome to come on. And if you want to have the last word on this, please feel free. Um, but, you know, for, for us, I think it really sets a table for um, a conversation I want us to have. Uh, maybe not next episode because it's Thanksgiving. Maybe the episode <laughs> after. I don't know. I, I cook a mean turkey, Tim. I'm not going to lie. That's my, that's, Prove it. Oh, dude. Bro, you don't even know how moist that sucker is. And I, there's some <laughs> secret ingredients that are involved that I will not share publicly. Um, and a technique. I have a technique, Tim, that keeps the moisture in. You can't um, really massage the turkey. No, well, that, yes. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there there is olive oil and a full turkey massage that is involved. Yeah. Uh, but that's merely the first step after the turkey is unveiled to the world. But I can appreciate that. I hate dry turkey. No, no, dry no. No, Tim, no. I mean, and and, and obviously gravy covers a multitude of sins when it comes to See, the I don't turkey. like gravy. I don't so either. That, tur- that turkey's really got to be good. You know what I when I, I first get. When I first started cooking the turkey, I was so afraid of screwing it up, I would I would do a baked ham as well. <laughs> Just in case. Now, now I gotta say, man, I think I, I think I've got it. I've got it down. All yeah. that is to say, I don't know. The only thing I'll be deconstructing is calories. Maybe next week, but I think this is worth a, <laughs> uh, an episode or two. And 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 man, I'd love l- listener, dear listener, singular. We love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Yes. Well, we'd love to hear your thought and reaction. What do you think about all this? Either about the article or about our comments? Or where are you in the journey? What what caused you to start uh, whatever sort of deconstruction process you're in the midst of? We'd love to hear from you uh, around that. So, Tim, any last thoughts, my friend? Oh, I have a ton. Bam! But we'll save them. I wrote Bam. down one question for this article, and I'll and I'll say the question, but then we don't answer it. We'll just address Ooh. it when we talk about the deconstruction stuff. Ooh, what is it? It was within the idea of a cruciform church. Oh, what does that? What does deconstruction mean in that? Within that church, within that context of a cruciform church. Ooh, what's a I'm great curious. question? Yeah, and within the last conversation on church unity too, I think that has huge implications for what um often a lot of these causes of deconstruction are from a lack of what Gomez mm-hmm. was bringing last week Gombus. and so within that conversation but i also have a ton of questions about the church unity thing in a 2021 setting versus in a Me too. paul setting yes 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 social media adds a whole different level yeah, we're a very interconnected world so it's yeah. it's really difficult to understand especially for folks who are in ministry and 
uh, are trying everyone's, to bring people to everyone's church. Everyone's in ministry, That's Tim. correct. I'm sorry. People who are employed yes. in ministry and are trying to bring people to church. Yeah. But the church is, uh, yeah, it just... That's it, man. We're we're literally sitting in our at our little church in Tennessee, trying to figure out how do we inhabit new creation dynamics, um, in the midst of all of this craziness. You guys should um, broadcast that conversation. Well, I guess we could. I think it would be interesting. Yeah, that's the thing too. That, that you know, it's easy for people who think about this stuff all the time to have these conversations, like whether you're a pastor or an author or you get paid and you have the time to put into this. I just like, anytime these deconstruction conversations come up, I think about the people that are sitting in the back rows of the church that Mm -hmm. this is, the conversation is a little bit different and it's, it's easy to have lofty um, diagnostic conversations and Boy, that's but so it's true. not always easy for everybody mm-hmm. to be a part of that or even Man. find their place in that. Oh, Tim, that dang it, you're genius. <laughs> that's so good. And and it, it reminds me of like a, a big point we want to make down the road that so many people frame deconstruction around individual believings. Yes. So I have an individual belief about why Jesus died. Now I'm questioning that. I'm embracing a different view, individual belief about why Jesus died. Yeah. And that's not that's not what deconstruction is or it's a part of it but it's bigger and is that even what christianity is oh now we're cooking (laughs) because we do define it by a singular set of beliefs that someone has carved into stone right is that really what it is right and if not then what is it and if it is then we're all screwed how many beliefs do i have to jettison before i've deconverted yes i mean it's just an interesting question yeah, and, and I'm a huge fan of individual believings. I think like theology deeply matters. Like it, what, it can and, harm and it can yeah. help flourish. No and question. What, what room is there for that? Like, I, how many different colors are being painted with that are still within the same painting, or is it just one color? The like color is white. <laughs> we've shown that too. <laughs> hey, friends. Um, we're, we try to be gracious, playful. Um, you all do a great job of letting us know we're not. Um, <laughs> and so, so I hope you're receiving all of this with the best of hearts, that the goal was just to provoke some conversation. But we want to get around the idea of, okay, well, what is it? And, and what, cause, because one thing that we are firmly committed to is um, not just staying in a deconstructed place. Now, there's a sense in which if deconstructing is a form of repentance, then we'll always be deconstructing, and that's a good thing. But the goal isn't just to stay in some space where, um, you know, I mean, our dream anyway, isn't for us to stay in a space that is bitter or self-righteous or fundamental the other way. Right. For us, we, we're compelled by Jesus, and the goal is faithfulness to Jesus in the world. And the problem is we have to, to fight through the weight of Christianity sometimes to follow Jesus. Oftentimes. And this is not new. 
And it no. feels new because it's broadcast everywhere, but this is, yes. this is not new. This is something that people have been doing forever and ever and ever. The Reformation was this. Um, and so every, every, if you want to just look at church history, there are huge movements that were deemed of God, other movements that were deemed heretical, but they all started with this sort of conversation. The inherited culture yeah. doesn't quite capture what it is that we're seeing in the scriptures and in reality. So plus like in, in taking this from a critical level, the one thing I never want to lose is that uh, like with the church hurt conversation where some people have been really, really hurt on like a very deep level within the church. Yeah. And to always hold space for that and to know that some, for some people deconstruction is like pulling apart the fabric of their understanding of the universe. And that is terrifying. And so to never minimize, like for some people, maybe it's just reorganizing beliefs, but for some people it is ripping that fabric apart. And that is a destabilizing and really terrifying process. And we have to hold space for that too. So anyway, friends, we'd love to know what you think. Thank you so very much uh, for giving us part of your day today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you. And in these days, may he give us peace. See you next time, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this conversation. Voxology is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners just like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash Voxology. You can also join the community and hang out and chat with us on the socials. Facebook.com backslash Voxology podcast and on Instagram at Voxology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for walking the long road with us.